so the truth is is even though we can't see it God has a plan for our life even when we feel like we are at the bottom of the pit and we are at the worst of our worst God has a plan for our life Never could I imagine sitting on the third row, the second seat, for over a year and a half, a drug addict, a lonely, broken man, a man full of anger, full of aggression. My wife hated me. Never did I think that the Lord had a plan for my life. But he did. God has a plan for everybody's life, no matter what stage they are at. Even if you are at the top of your game, God still has a plan for your life. God is always speaking and preparing us and situations around us, people around us. He's always in the background working. Jeremiah 29, 11 through 12 says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you, and plans to give you hope and a future. Everybody in here, God has a future for you. Whether you're born again and saved, there's still a future that God has for you. There are still people in your life that God has for you to minister to and to witness to and to proclaim the gospel to. God wants to use all of us as a willing vessel. So no matter what, God is still working in your life. But unfortunately, the devil also speaks. There's two voices. There's the voice of God and the voice of Satan himself. In Job, it says he goes through and fro the earth, seeking from who he may to destroy. In 1 Peter 5 eight, it says, stay alert, watch for the great enemy, the devil, our adversary. He prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking who he may destroy. The thing is, the devil, he goes around like a lion roaring, but he doesn't realize he don't have any teeth. <laughs> He is toothless. He has a voice and we hear the voice and we get scared because we are intimidated by the voice, but we don't realize that he doesn't have any teeth. See, the enemy speaks through us through temptation. Temptation to do things that defies the will of God, that makes us sin, that makes us fall off from our path that God has chosen us to be in. Temptation can be defined as an enticement or invitation to sin with the implied promise of a greater good to be derived from, the following, from following the way of obedience. Resisting temptation begins with knowing that Satan is the supreme tempter. He is the one who tempts us. It's not people, it is Satan. See, although Satan may be the dark force that, that ultimately does this, it's humans fall in nature which causes us to sin. We can look back in the book of Genesis in second, third chapter, and we can see, you know, the first temptation, man's great fall to sin. It is when Adam and Eve in the garden, God gave them, he gave them to watch over the garden. He gave them all the power to watch over all the stuff in the garden. And he said, just don't eat of this fruit. For if you do, you will surely die. But then the serpent spoke. And he said, did God really say that you must not eat from the fruit from any tree of the garden? He said that you will not die. The devil twisted and manipulated the word of God, and he made man fall by twisting God's word. He is so slick and he, that he convinced them by twisting the word of God. So when sin, this is when sin first entered the world and Adam and Eve first realized what fear was. This is when man was first fearful. When God come looking for him in the garden and they were hiding behind a bush. 
So the title of the message tonight is Learn to Talk Back. When the devil speaks, you must learn to talk back. You must not let him have the last word. You must not let him always keep, you know, the thoughts in your mind. You must learn to talk back to the devil. I will be the first to say tonight that the devil speaks to me. The devil tries to tempt me. The devil tries to destroy me. The devil tries to make me fall off my path. The devil makes me try to not minister to people, to witness to people, to lose my calling, to lose what God has in store for me. Because that's all the devil can do in order to try to throw a dart at Jesus is by trying to destroy us, his chosen. The devil talks to you because he considers you a threat. If the devil's not speaking to you, then obviously you're not a threat to the kingdom or the plans of what the devil has in the world. The devil wants to go around and seeks to destroy people's life. So if he's not talking to you, then apparently you are not a threat to the kingdom. If you are witnessing to people, witnessing to your kids, if you are reading your Bible, if you are trying to live a great sinless life, if you are trying to be the light in the dark areas, and the devil, he's going to speak to you because you are a threat to the kingdom. And we have to learn to talk back to the devil. But you must learn what to say. You cannot just say, devil, leave me alone. Please stop messing with me. You have to learn what to say to the devil. If not, he will have the last word and he will ultimately twist everything that you think is right, wrong. Because our word, we cannot defeat the devil out of our own strength. The thing is, there is hope. Because on Calvary, Jesus sacrificed his life he, you know, he was buried, he, was, he rose again, and when he did that on Calvary, he defeated the devil. He defeated sin by what he did on Calvary. So never think that our God is less than the devil, because our God is greater than devil. Sin has already been defeated, and don't think that you can never defeat sin in your own life. You know, most often, the, the devil... You know, you're not going to see some little red guy wearing a suit with horns and a tail and a pitchfork. That's the way devil, I mean, the TV projects the devil to be. You know, what we see the devil, we see him as when we go to bed at night. When we try to go to sleep and he speaks to our mind and puts negative thoughts in our head. We see the devil in the morning when we wake up and he tries to destroy your whole day. Telling you you're never going to get, you're never going to do this. You're not going to do that. Things are going to be bad. You can't pay your bills. You're not going to find a job. That's the way the devil tries to get to us. He tries to destroy us. He tries to interrupt our daily lives. Some people see the devil speak to them when they are reading the word of God. When they are reading the Bible. When they are worshiping. Because the devil tries to come in. And, and he tries to entertain their thoughts with something that's not godly. You know, when you are praying for things in your life, that's when the devil comes in and goes, why are you praying for that? It's never going to happen. You're sick. You have something wrong with you. That you're never going to be healed. That's not God's will for your life. That is just a lie from the devil. The devil speaks to us through sickness, through disease, through bad circumstances, which he is the author of. Every bad circumstance in life, the devil is the author of. Do not let the devil have the last word. Don't let him have the last thought in your mind. You know, with all this mess going on around the world with, you know, Black Lives Matter, with Antifa, with Democrats, Republicans, everybody's opinion... 
the people sitting next to you, these are not your enemies. The people at home that you go to see, this is not your enemies. The people that you work with, that get on your nerves, that try to push you and try to you know, say negative things in your life, this is not your enemy. Ephesians 6, 12 through 13 says, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. See, the people, what we wrestle again is the things that possess people, the things that they are allowing to enter themselves. That is what we are, you know, com- you know fighting against. So continue uh, Ephesians, it says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against the spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand, not to fall, but to stand. By allowing the devil to have the last word in your mind, you are not standing. Since you know you're going to go into a battle, you need to wear the right clothes. You cannot go into battle wearing shorts and no shirt. You must put on the full armor of God for when you go into battle, you must have the proper attire. As you go on through Ephesians 6, it says, Stand therefore, having girded the, your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Everything which we've read so far is for our defense. They're all part of the dress to defend ourselves against the fiery darts of the devil. The helmet protects your head. The shield protects your feet, which is the gospel of peace, so you don't step on a landmine and blow yourself up. The loins are girded with the truth, a breastplate of righteousness, a shield of faith from the fiery darts. But when you get through all of these defensive articles of clothing, you have one thing left that Paul mentions. And this thing is actually to fight offensively, to fight back. And in verse 17, it says, take the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. The one way to fight back to the devil is by proclaiming the Word of God over your life. That is the one thing that defeats the devil, the Word of God. We have a mighty weapon that will turn the devil around, and that's the Word of God. There is nothing that the devil can do against the Word of God. The devil has been defeated by Jesus Christ, through the word of God, through Jesus' sacrifice his life on the cross. It's in the Bible. It's the word of God. It's, he has been defeated. The enemy has been defeated. Drug addiction has been defeated. You know, going by the store and, and saying, man, I should just stop and have a drink. The devil has been defeated. You proclaim the word of God over your life. When the Satan tries to tempt you, you proclaim it over your life because the battle has been defeated. So don't you be defeated. It's critical to know the Word of God and to read our Bibles. So our verse of Scripture today is going to be Matthew 4. We're going to be looking at Matthew 4. Uh, I'm going to read verses 1, 1 through 2 first. It says, Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter, the tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. We can recall in this passage of Scripture, it comes right after Jesus just been baptized. 
He was baptized, dipped in the waters. He came out. The spirit like a dove came. The heavens opened up and God spoke to him. He said, this is my dearly loved son who brings me joy. The next thing you know, the devil goes, I mean, the, not the devil, I'm sorry. Next thing you know, that Jesus goes into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Whether it was the water baptism or the spiritual experience, either way, Jesus was fresh from a great religious experience. And it's interesting to note that in Mark, it says that immediately he went into the wilderness. Immediately. He come out of the water. God spoke to him. Holy Spirit filled him, and he went immediately into the wilderness. Immediately, Jesus goes from being baptized to the moment of he's going into his next battle. One moment, Jesus is in total community with, with his friends, and the next moment, he's in complete isolation. One moment, Jesus hears the voice of God, and the heavens open up, and the next moment, he hears the voice of the devil, the voice from hell. One moment, Jesus is getting a word in the water, and the next, he's in warfare in the wilderness. See, immediately, Satan tried to separate Jesus from his sonship with God. Immediately. If Satan could lure Jesus into ignoring God's will, then Jesus would have disqualified himself to be the redeemer of all mankind. Because through this, he lived a sinless life, and this was the first test. See, Jesus, the Son of God, was led into this mountainous wilderness, this dry, rugged, hot desert, the Mount of Temptation, which is in the Judean desert. This is a place that's barren with no vegetation, no running water, no streams, no shelter. It's rocky. It's very, it's very arid and dry. And he was here for 40 days and 40 nights. It gets up to 120 degrees in the day and nearly 100 degrees at night. This is where the Holy Spirit led him. And Satan used three basic temptations with Jesus that he always uses tempting the people of God. He uses the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. See, Satan used the exact same three methods to lure Adam and Eve into ignoring the will of God for their lives. The fruit was pleasing to look at, the lust of the eyes. The fruit was good to eat. This is the temptation of the flesh. It would make them like God, and this is the temptation of pride. Jesus' temptations followed the same three patterns that we all commonly face in our everyday life. The first temptation concerns the lust of the flesh. Matthew 4.3 says, After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. And the tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. And Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. See, notice real quickly how the devil started with if. How many times has the devil said what if to you? How many times today did you live through your day and you said, well, what if this? What if that? What if I don't do this? What if I can't do that? How many times has the devil tried to tempt you with the one little phrase, what if? If he's going to do it to Jesus, he's definitely going to do it to us. I could imagine at the end of these 40 days, Jesus being the son of God who came in flesh and in human form, that after 40 days and 40 nights that his skin was dry, his lips were chapped. I imagine his eyes were bloodshot. I could imagine his hair is, is you know, matted up. That 40 days in the wilderness, in the dry, arid sun, that his skin is sunburned. He is dehydrated. He is thirsty. He wants something to drink. 
And this is when the devil came to tempt him in his most broken point of life. So just know, if you feel at the most broken point of your life, the devil is going to try to tempt you. If he did it to Jesus, he's going to do it to us. We must be prepared to battle the devil with the word of God, with the sword of the spirit. See, the devil knows exactly the right time and the right moment, the right situation to attack you. But also, Jesus knew exactly how to handle the devil because he has no new tricks. The devil has no new tricks. He does the same thing all the time, every day in our lives. He has no new tricks. What if, what if he tries to put voice in your head? He tries to put words in your head. He tries to put obstacles in your way. It's all through the Bible. We see it all through the Bible. He does the same thing. And he's doing the same thing today because he has no new tricks. See, the devil didn't realize that even though Jesus was being tired and weak, he went into the wilderness not to eat. He went into the wilderness, you know, to... to, to to, to serve and not to be served. That was part of going into the wilderness so he could learn to, so he could serve, not to be served, you know. He also went there to do his father's will, not his own will. If he would have turned the stones into bread, he would have been doing his will, the will of his flesh. And then, you know, we see that Jesus replies with scripture. This is why scripture is so important. He quoted Deuteronomy 8, 3, when he says, man shall not live on blood, uh, bread alone. This is why you got to read the Old Testament. You can't just read the New Testament and be a New Testament baby. You must read the Old Testament. It starts from the beginning to the end. It's the whole book. You know, you don't have to read the cover, but you need to read everything in the Bible. <laughs> See, many, peop many people now believe that their life will be satisfied by filling their fleshly appetites. If I have enough money, if I have a nice car, if I have enough food, if I can be like everybody on you know, Instagram and social media, that I'm going to have it all together. But these are empty, selfish, fleshly desires that will never fill the true void that the, you know, the Lord Jesus Christ will fill in your life. They're all empty and hopeless. You get a new car, the moment you drive it off the lot, it's a used car. Immediately. The second temptation concerns the pride of life. Matthew 5, 4, 5 through 7 says, The devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down. For it is written, he will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in your hands so that you will not strike your foot upon, against a stone. Jesus answered him, it is also written, because you see, the devil tried to be slick. He tried to use the word of God just like he did to Adam and Eve, but he twisted it. He twisted the word of God. But Jesus, knowing scripture, says, It is written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. See, this time the devil tries to use uh, scripture. Well, let me rephrase that. This time God, I mean, uh, the devil tried to use the word of God against God. He quotes from Psalm 91 and then Jesus comes right back with Deuteronomy again. Everybody needs to read Deuteronomy. <laughs> He's quotes from Deuteronomy 6, 16. It is written that you should now tempt, not tempt the Lord your God. You know, it's kind of like how people tell you, well, if God loves you and he's going to save you, go play in the road. A car ain't going to hit you. He's going to save you. That's a twisted word. That's you testing your God. You know, go have another drink, drink and drive. You're going to be all right. God's going to protect you. You ain't going to go to jail. Eventually it all catches up. You know, I did drugs for years. Eventually it caught up with me. The first few years, it was great, I thought. 
but it caught up with me. It was a lie from the devil to try to destroy me, distract me, and, and knock me off my calling that God had of my life. You know, the temptation shows us how important it is to study the Word of God, to know scriptures when they're being used out of context. You know, a golfer has a bag full of clubs. He's not going to use a putter on the green. If he's got a 300-yard, I say that wrong? I'm not a golfer. I meant to say, <laughs> obviously, on the tee. That's what I meant. So if you have a 300-yard shot, you know, you are definitely not going to drive with a putter. You know, the same way that we need to learn how when the devil tries to twist Scripture and throw it at us, we have a bag of Scriptures. We have a bag of promises, a book of promises, promise after promise after promise. The Word of God is a, is a book full of promises that we can counterattack the devil with. One of my favorites is Psalm 27, 1 through 6. When the devil tries to attack you, claim Psalm 27, 1 through 6 over your life. The Lord is my light and my salvation, so why should I be afraid? The Lord is my fortress protecting me from danger, so why should I tremble? If you got sickness and disease in your life, don't tremble because the Lord is protecting you. He has a plan. When evil people come to devour me, when my enemies and foes attack me, they will stumble and fall. Though the mighty army surrounds me, my heart will not be afraid. Even if I am attacked, I will remain confident. The one thing I ask of the Lord, the thing that I seek most, is to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, delighting in the Lord's perfections and meditating in his temple. For he will conceal me there when troubles come. He will hide me in his sanctuary. He will place me out of reach on a rock, a high rock. Then I will hold my head high above my enemies who surround me. I will hold my head up high against drug addiction. I will hold my head up high against being free from anger. I will hold my head up high from being depressed and thinking that there's no hope in my life because it's been defeated. The Lord, my God, is my fortress. Why should we ever be afraid? The third temptation, got to hurry up, is the lust of the eyes. Matthew 4, 8 through 9, it says again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all kingdoms of the world and they were splendor. All this I will give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. Jesus said to him, away from me, Satan, for it is written. Notice three times he said, it is written to the devil. He used the sword of the Spirit against the devil, the Word of God, because it is written. Worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil left him, and angels came and attended to him. So get behind me, Satan, because it is written, you are not going to devour me. You are a toothless lion who only roars. You're a dog with a bite. I mean, a bark, but no bite. <laughs> yeah. So here... This was the quickest route for Jesus to become Messiah and skip all the enduring. He could have literally skipped everything and become the ruler of all world. See, you know, the devil showed Jesus all the kingdoms of the world and said that, you know, they could be his if he would just fall down and worship him. That's the lie from the devil. You know, if you fall, if you, if you fall down and worship me, you will have everything of this world. That is a lie from the devil. And then you will be in chains of bondage for the rest of your life if you fall into that lie. 
you know? He's saying, set up your kingdom now instead of going through the pain and suffering of the, to the cross. You know, I'm glad I went through what I went through. The suffering and the pain made me who I am today. If it wasn't for that, you know, and I'm not saying if you don't have a testimony like that, your testimony is just as great because you endured. You went to church your whole life and you're still in church. You know, I would just as much rather that than have to go through that the wilderness. So don't think that no matter what your testimony is, it's a testimony from God. And that's the way God had it planned for your life. A testimony of enduring sin and coming to church and living a young life and going to school and still trying to serve God when the world don't want you to serve God. That is a testimony in itself. So don't ever think that somebody up here talking about drug addiction, battling this, battling that. No matter what, you're still battling enemies. Whether you grew up in church or not, you've been battling enemies your whole entire life. So you just keep on battling. Use the sword of the spirit, put on the full armor of God so that your enemies cannot attack you. Because the enemy is there. He is coming. He will try to speak to you all the time. Don't let him have the last word. Don't let him have the last word. Say, Satan, it is written. That's enough. So as we close tonight, I got three takeaways. I can say in two minutes. Number one, the word of God is our best defense. The word of God is our best defense of everything we go through in life. When we use and allow the word of God to do the talking for us, it is easier to claim victory over your daily struggles. You say the word of God, give it to God, and you just keep going because he's going to work it out. Psalm 119.11 says, it tells us that I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. It's because the word of God is placed in your heart that you may not sin against your God because you know the truth. Number two, be diligent in studying the word of God. You know, you need to read the entire Bible, not just bits and pieces. You don't need to just look up a scripture every day, but try to read a whole passage. Not just go, what's the daily devotional, but actually read a couple of scriptures and meditate on them, apply them to your life. How do they apply to my life today? You know, we have to be well-equipped with all these tools. There's all these tools in the tool chest. And if you don't know how to use all of them, then, you know, the devil's going to try to put some twisted scripture in your life. Psalm 119, 97 and 98 says, Oh, how I love your law. I meditated all day long. Your commands make, my, make me wiser than my enemies. Because the, the commands from God make you wiser than anything the devil can try to throw at you. And the last is in addition to God's word, the next crucial and critical thing is prayer. You must pray every single day. When you wake up, before you go to bed, when you're walking around like you got something wrong with you, you just pray and you profess the, the, you know, the, the, the will of God over your life. And you tell the enemy that when anything comes around me, that the God is my fortress. He is my shield. He is my strength. Why shall I be afraid? You know, this is what he told Peter in the Garden of Gethsemane. Pray so that you will not fall into temptation. You pray over your life so you will not fall into temptation. Lord, help me with my daily struggles and my battles, Lord, because you know that my flesh is weak. You know, know that when we do fall into temptation also, don't be stuck there. You know, remember that God is faithful. God is faithful. He will not let us be tempted beyond what we can bear. You know, he will provide us a way out. You just cannot let the devil have the last word in your, in your mind. You speak, you speak and you confess and you declare the, the word of God over your life.